Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Connect your car now to listen anywhere, anytime. WA's Novated Leasing Specialist can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au Right around Western Australia on SEN. It's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. It's a Monday morning, bit of rain overnight just to freshen things up. Scotty and Goss in the Toolkit Depot studio. Don't forget we're here for McDonald's, win free McCafe coffee for a year. Our Macca's chat, visit my Macca's app. Scotty, good morning. Uh, good morning to you, mate. How are you going? I'm going really well. Busy Saturday. Speaking of Saturday, I saw you uh, Ubering on Saturday. A couple of your, uh, yeah, well, your hairy mates, Jason Ball and Fraser G. They arrived and I picked them up. And just to be complete tools, they both get in the back seat to make me look like their driver. <laughs> and I said, can just someone get in the front? They're like, nah, drive the car, Jim. And, uh, yeah, so they were in town, and that was uh, the, the last thing I remember of Saturday. Ah, brilliant. Jeez, we ended up everywhere. We're all, where did you go? Let our listeners know where. Went to lunch. Three Musketeers. Wait, we went. No, and a couple of others. And Buzzy. Of course, Buzzy was there. <laughs> That's the four of us. Buzzy the beekeeper to the stars. Yeah, old mate Peter Wells. And, Wellsy. Uh, went to Coco's for a bit of Coco's. lunch, and then we went to the Guildford Hotel. Guildford. For Bawley had a some type of high school reunion. And we mm-hmm. said, well, he goes, I've just got to pop into that and then I'll meet you wherever you are. I said, no, mate, we're coming to that. <laughs> we're coming to that. <laughs> to the Guildford and then some joint in Subi and then um, to the big house just across the way from here. Where Borley continues to be blessed and absolutely kissed he is and the rest of us lost all the acorns. What was his uh, game of choice? Uh, we played blackjack. Oh, okay. Did you, did you own the table or were you sharing yeah, well, with the had, public? No, no, no. We, we had the table and then a, a lady sat down and and she started proceeding to bet in a way that I thought was uh, irresponsible and selfish. <laughs> so I was just suggested to her to maybe not sit on uh, on 16 against a, a pitcher, please. You just have to hit it. You have to take a card. I'm really sorry. You just have to take one. And I was told that she can bet however whatever the hell she likes. Who told you that? Uh, she did. <laughs> I said, okay, ma'am. And right and then, so. And then turned into one of the great chicks of all time. She was fantastic. Her and her husband sat down and uh, uh, we had a great night. She cleaned up. I've never seen anyone win more perfect pairs in my life. And uh, it was good fun. But it's good to see the boys. I've missed I miss my mates here. And so it was good to see the, uh, good. the big fellas in town. And I'll tell you what, big phrase, he's just, just a cult. He's a cult figure. <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of footy mates, uh, not that a lot of these were mates of mine, but on Saturday I was out at the races for uh, Sporting Legends Day and, and Cuzzy was one of the stars, Damien Martin, Sarah Jamison, three-time Olympian runner. Uh, oh, she was also there. JJ Miller, Craig Staples. Yeah, absolutely. And you. Uh, and, well, I was the MC and I did a great job. And, um, 
Anyway, so we're in this area, Undercroft area, which was an activation area, and I saw the regular faces walk past. And I knew Cuzzy was there because the 1992-1994 Premiership Reunion yes. Eagles have, a, have been doing it for about the last seven or eight years, yep. get together at the races, set up by Monkey Brennan. Yep. And all of a sudden, they've invited the 2006 boys and the 2018 boys. Oh, that's good. So they have a gathering. Yep. And they went past. And, you know, it's great to see you know, Adam Selwood, one of the nicest blokes ever. Sam Butler, one of the nicest blokes ever. Tom Barris from the modern d- time. Uh, Jeremy McGovern. Tommy Cole. Um, good stuff. Yeah. Good, for, good club culture. Just great to see that. Uh, Juddy. Everyone say, hey, Goss. Not everyone. No, not everyone. There's a couple of uh, blokes who think their proverbial doesn't stick, but that's okay. Oh, that's okay. Oh, no. Name names. <laughs> you won't have to guess. Hey, Don't worry. There's a couple. Don't even there's worry. There's a couple. Anyway, um, are they currently in the media? They had a they had a wonderful time. Yeah, they had a wonderful they time. Are. But you know who? What? Can I just say? So, because he was the guest where we were, and he had to go upstairs eventually. Yep. He was so popular, and they love him. The, the men, the younger guys, the older guys. He he for three hours. He did not miss a beat yep. downstairs. And let me say, for those who want to know, if you want to see a crisp white shirt. Ben Cousins wears the Christmas whitest <laughs> shirt. And as he said to me, I'm glad it's crisp and white now, Goss, because I reckon if I go upstairs with those blokes, it won't be that. He said, but gee. He's popular. You know what? Because he's just a bloody good bloke. He, he's just a ripper. He was so good. Yeah, he's good to be around. So good to be around. And uh, JJ Miller, legend of uh, WA Racing. Yep. Uh, he was there. He commanded plenty of attention as well. And Simon Miller. Our man, Simon Miller. Well, he got me out of trouble. So he had four horses in the Crawford and, uh, well, he's sitting there and he's got four sets of different owners, yep. four different jockeys. And as we said, well, I don't give him any instructions. I just let him go out and do their thing. But the mail was huge that he was going to saddle up the winner of the Crawford. Our man, the mayor of Subiaco, our man who comes into our studio and yep. takes our calls. Yep. And he saddled up Miss Contecki in the Crawford. This will test you, comes at them now. Miss Kentucky, she's getting a brilliant inside run. Look at Miss Kentucky, she's hugging the fence. She goes through. This will test you, goes with her. This will test you. And Miss Kentucky, they'll split it. All nothing in it. Maybe Miss Kentucky. I thought it might have been Miss Kentucky. A nostril. This will test you in an absolute nail bite. And what a great call by Darren McCauley. It was a great call because it was crazy finish. He had some crazy finishes on the weekend at Ascot. But can I just allow me to be able to pay for my share of lunch? Oh, is that right? going to be tough otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say that Perth Racing, and I was lucky enough to be out there, and I wasn't there for the opening of Ascot, but Britt Taylor and Scotty Embry, who do a lot for Sky Racing and for the, uh, the TAB Radio, came up, and I, I will say this, the atmosphere at Ascot, and I know there was bigger days, Caulfield and the Everest, massive crowds, and, and opening of Ascot was big, but the behaviour of people on course was exemplary. Oh, really? It was amazing. And oh, a young, that. vibey crowd. But hats off to everyone who gets the races. Now, we know all the, the catch cries, gamble responsibly, drink responsibly. But I, I don't know, but everywhere I looked, and I stayed in a confined area, but I looked out, the behaviour, the mood, the laughter. People were just having fun. F- having fun. Not and upsetting you, anyone? Nah, and you don't need awesome. to get completely torched to do that. <laughs> you leave that to three washed-up footballers who are travelling around the four. Sorry, four washed-up footballers travelling around uh, the area. Um, what I will say, I don't know if you saw this, but the Everest was on Randwick, 40-odd thousand. Yes, I was across that. You were across that. <laughs> we're going to be speaking. How's this? We're going to speak to the trainer of Giga Kick, Clayton Douglas, is going to wow. join us. 
We're going to speak to guess. Andrew Hawkins, who went viral on the weekend. Oh, wow. Did he? Collapsed. He, he got a bit emotional. He got emotional. Uh, when his horse, well, his horse that he's got a share in won the Caulfield. Yep, Durston. Andrew Hawkins is going to join us. Well, he went crazy. But the, the, So the horses in the Everest in Sydney were over at the barriers. Yeah. Far side. Good place for him to be. Right. Richest thoroughbred horse race in the world. Yeah. Six and a half million first prize. Yep. Right. I'm with you so far. 45,000 fans, and they broke out into Neil Diamond's Sweet Caroline. To a man and a woman, every single person was doing this. Actually, making me go goosebumpy because let me tell you, the jockeys because they couldn't do it while the horses were nearby. Yeah, the horses were over there, and 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 the jockeys were all looking, going, "What the heck is that noise <laughs> from the other side of the yeah, race track?" Forty-five thousand singers, we Caroline. They just do it so well. That was brilliant. They do it so well, and look, it's a, just a big party. Sydney racing, they've got the big races, of course. It's for me, the mainstay of racing is Melbourne, but they're a little bit more conservative. About they have they have the go. Yeah, yeah, and they're, and they're about to watch if they don't make some changes. Um, Racing Victoria and yep. BRC and yep. Melbourne Racing Club. Yep. If they don't make some changes, they're going to get absolutely swept on by by Peter Vlandes and his desire to destroy everything Victoria. Yeah, exactly right. So uh, look, it was a great day, and uh, don't forget you can email us too if you've had something over the weekend has caught your eye and you want to get in touch with us. Wa breakfast at sen dot But better still, this morning, text us zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six or thirteen twelve fifty five is the number. I want to send a cheerio out to our girl Mickey Weston. Love Mickey. Mm. That, so that's what's happened. They've they. They've decided that, have they? They decided that beforehand. And they said, we need Ross back and Ratch are gone. So that era. That was the, the most staggering thing that I've, I think I've witnessed last week <laughs> with Brett Ratton. And, geez, I feel for him. But, so that era of players. Yep. And there is an influence of that on the board. And there's a peripheral influence. Andrew inter- Thompson. Um, Jason Blake. Tomo's Tomo, there is too. Tomo still on the board? Tomo's still there. Well, anyway, and, then, there and, well. Then you've, and then you've got a f- couple of blokes on the periphery who are still involved, who are, have media profiles, and they believe that's the best era, and they've got to get back to that ruthless era of the football club. Um, so that's where they're going to go, and it's going to take um, a big change for it not to be Ross Lyon. So I, I don't know what people think about that, 13, 12, 55, and 0487 736 I've got my own personal opinion. Which would be to the contrary of the way that they seem to be angling right now. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, yeah, and, and the question is going to be asked. I heard Gary and Kane when I was driving in this morning. What's their opinion of that? Does Ross Lyon have the coaching nous for the game now? Or or the personable skills to get the best out of Gen Z? Yeah, but he might have changed. He, the break from the oh, game I, I, might have changed I, I, him. I, I, I hope Ross, it has. I get on well with him. Every time I see him, he's, I enjoy he talking me. to him. He hates me. But, well, that, but no, that's okay. You rubbed him up the wrong way. No, You're no, quite no, eh? No, I just caught him, caught him out for not winning a flag. Right, fair enough. Well, I, I haven't done that. <laughs> I'm joking, Roscoe. <laughs> but I, so I enjoy it, but I, I, I'm not sure his approach, unless it has evolved and changed a hell of a lot, 
since he's been out, whether that's conducive to the mentality of young footballers. These yeah. Days. Well, we're about to find out, and that's I sort can't of going to believe this. Well, it's it's true, and it's going to happen. Hey, do you remember doing this on the weekend? We're going to speak to this young man I don't a little bit later. Much of the weekend. Well, actually, it was on. Um, it was last Wednesday. We interviewed a golf professional from WA called Hayden Barron. The WA yes, PGA was in fella. Kalgoorlie. Good fella. And I said this to Hayden. Those, uh, I'm going to make a prediction to our listeners, and I do like to go Stradamus when it comes to golf. I do love my golf watching. Don't uh, you moz him. David Michaluzzi is going to be hard to beat. Uh, played in the Alfred Dunhill and picked up 55 large for uh, finishing in a tie in the top 40. Can play. It's going to be hard to beat up there in Kalgoorlie this week. So that was the tip on Wednesday. Look, I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to preempt anything. I don't want to preempt everything, but this is what happened yesterday. Okay, David, let's go. Finish like a champ. There it is. David Michaluzzi, WA PGA Championship. He certainly <laughs> don't get out of the dirt this week. Why am I even here? Hey. It's superfluous oh, to me. Oh, great to see you. Great, mate. Well done. Oh. Yeah, you tipped him. Good stuff. What do you mean, good stuff? Yeah, no, good it stuff. It was 100 to 1, mate. No, he wasn't. <laughs> Did you back him? No. Why not? Uh, no, because I don't think. I, I certainly looked at the markets. You know where Hayden went? Uh, top 20. Good boy. Yeah, he was solid. He will pick up some money to come down. Uh, we're having a chat. Winfrey McAfee coffee yeah. for a year. Visit the My Maccas app. On this day around the corner, Stephen Milne's going to join us to talk about Ross Lyon. Did you take in any of the World Cup cricket which started down in Geelong yesterday? I've oh, been all over it, mate. Namibia Haven't... beat Sri Lanka and yeah, the Netherlands beat the UAE? Game. Yeah, massive. Clayton Douglas, Andrew Hawkins, and we are going to chat with David Michaluzzi as well. Oh, we're going to replay that because why not? Because oh, it's you getting something right. Yeah, ah, up. fair enough, too. Well, I don't do, uh, <laughs> David. That's good stuff. Well, I don't know Hayden, our boy, who uh, did okay. Yeah, he did solid. Anyway. <laughs> he didn't. Yeah, yeah, I hate it when you're right. It's just, it's <laughs> I know such you do. a painful ride. King. I know you it's do. It's a painful ride in here when you nail I it. I know you do. Gostradamus stuff. Uh, let's get a break away and okay. come back. On this day, he's just about to uh, come in. What's today's date? This is the date of my young fella's birthday. So, uh, hey. birthday to young Harley. Who happy doing? birthday to yeah, you're not well. <laughs> Poor Pokes, crook as a dog in bed. Oh. Yeah. Cancel my lunch plans. Disappointing. Oh. Anyway. 17th day of October. This. Hey, let's get a breakaway and come back. We'll do on this day. We've got a sports update too after 6.30. We've got so much to get through. And just a reminder, Clayton Douglas, who trained Giga Kick to win the Everest. Yeah. Andrew Hawkins, who broke down and cried when his part-owned horse Durston took out the got Caulfield weird. Cup. Got weird, to be honest. <laughs> got weird for the few people around him. <laughs> David Michaluzzi is going to join us. Bryce McGain talking, talking World Cup cricket. Your calls, your text. This is Scott Ingos on a gorgeous Monday morning. It's 17 past six. WA's Novated Leasing Specialist can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au WA's Novated Leasing Specialist can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au Right around Western Australia on SEN. It's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. Bit of breaking news for DM Breaker. What have you got? 162 games in 12 years with the Western Bulldogs. They have delisted Mitch Wallace this morning. Oh, that's disappointing. I mean, terrific young man. Great family. Um... That's a quick fall, isn't it? Hasn't played a full season in his career. Never played every game in a season. Last two years, he played a total of 11 games. Well, it's hard to do-ish. But, yeah, he's been 
And he was vice captain yeah, uh, well, last, year. last year, yeah. uh, leadership group, and then just fell out of favour. Mm. Hasn't been able to get his way back into it. So um, He's not quite 30. Would he be picked up? Well, you know, would he be worth a look? Yeah, he would be. He would be. Um, depends if he wants to do it. He's got kids and he doesn't need to work another <laughs> day <laughs> well, in his does. life. Yeah, well, no, his family will make sure that he works another day in his oh, life. Oh, is that right? That. Tough taskmaster. No, so. not tough. Just uh, you earn what you get. Do you really? You don't get handed stuff. Don't you? Steve Wallace, obviously the uh, uh, Footscray superstar and champion. Yep. Been very successful in business, made some great decisions and done really, really well. Yep. But they won't be giving him a free run. Okay. Ruthless? No, it's called life, mate. Look after yourself, but, you know, you don't get handed anything in life, Tim. You work for everything you get. You know that. Mm. Birthdays, events, and some of the great (laughs) moments in history. It's on this day. (laughs) On this day, for 17th day of October, that date rings a bell. That date rings a bell. Yes. Harley's birthday. That's what you were wanting. Yeah, to that's that's what I was thinking of. Uh, anyway, it's James Seal's birthday today, Who's 1941. That? He was in Seals and Croft. Summer Breeze. Summer Breeze from 1973. He died earlier this year, sadly. Oh. James Seals. <laughs> Gary Puckett is 80 today. Excuse me? Gary Puckett and the Union Gap. Bang, 67 to 69, that about four or five hits and just sort of fell off the face of yeah. the earth. Fuck it. Laverne and Shirley. I only know Laverne and Shirley, but I didn't realise there was another bloke in the show, a guy called Lenny, and he was played by this man, Michael McKean. Michael McKean, still going, 75 oh, today. Thank goodness. It's one of the few in this segment that's still alive. Uh, yeah, because the next Go one's on. not either. Oh. Margot Kidder, 1948. She was born. She was an actress. She played uh, Lois Lane in the series of Superman films, of course. She died. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. There he is, Lois. Oh, Lois. When I said she died, then you played that. I thought, oh, that's not, that's not cool. Anyway, she died at her home in 2018 of a drug overdose. Margot Kidder. Was in Superman. In nineteen forty-eight, seventy-four years ago, on this day, seventeenth day of October, happy birthday if you're celebrating a birthday like Harley Cummings. George went. No relation. To Yana. Sometimes you wanna go where everybody knows your name. That's Big Norm. Yeah. Ah, there you go, Big Norm. Normy Pearson. Cheese. I loved him. Are you still going? Yeah, he's 74. Good stuff. We're going to move past Carol Lloyd because I wouldn't know Carol Lloyd if she stood up in my porridge. Uh, (laughs) But Russell Gilbert, Australian comedian, 63 today. And, well, he played in the EJ Witten Legends game about seven years ago. 
Oh, they're trying to run the clock down. Well, this is Gilbo's. What's he take his jumper off? He's gone the other jumper. There he is. There he is. Is. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, 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 he's he's gone. <laughs> Gilbert. Oh, he played him for fools, Gary. That might be the turning point of the game. The old one People have seen this for 19 years straight. Stan Raskill. Oh, come on. <laughs> well, Russell Gilbert, 63 just today. A terrific, terrific bloke. Yep, 100%. That's yeah. a battle to poor Russ. Yep. It's just a super bloke. Ernie Els, otherwise known as Theodore Ernest Els, is 53 today. And this for the championship. Oh, third time of asking, Ernie Els is the champion of 2002. Yeah, the big easy. Yeah, what a star, big Ernie. Beautiful guys. swing. He used to come out to the uh, Vines Heineken Classic yep. all the time. And the big just easy. swing so easy and hit it 300 Nick, back then. Nick Revolt. Really? Mm, Ross Lyons, mate. He's 40 today. Harvey goes down towards half court. Look out! Oh, Revolt, remarkable. After one of the great marks, you will see that time and time again. Nick Revolt running with the flight of the football. Down Moon, getting through the centre, and he goes with a long bomb to Revolt. That was a magnificent kick. Uh, happy his birthday, Nick. He's 40 years of age and still cutting his teeth in the AFL media world. Sam Doherty's 29, of course, long-time leader of Carlton, in fact, co-captain of Carlton alongside Patrick Cripps. Made a comeback after beating cancer, I think, for the second yeah. time, testicular cancer. Ah, great. And round one, he did this. Stabs it into the middle. Doherty and thinks about the give over the top to Saad. 50 metres. And in the process, manages to draw a 50. This would indeed be a special moment. Yeah, one of the great oh, moments of 2022, Sam Doherty kicking a goal, his first goal after beating cancer in round one of 2022. One of the upsides for Carlton on this day, October 17. I another song, guys. I agree, it's too much sport on this day. Elvis Presley, Jailhouse Rock premiered on this day, 1957. Sixty-three at EMI Studios, the Beatles recorded this song. And October seventeen, of course, this year and just recently, we lost ONJ Olivia Newton-John. But on this day, October seventeen in nineteen seventy-four. She went to number one in the US album chart for the very first time. That's on this day. Scotty Ingoss News is next. ONJ, if you love me, let me know. Rain around today, yeah. possible early shower. We've had that rain overnight, but let me tell you, come Wednesday, 29. How good. 29 degrees on Wednesday. Went down the beach with the top off. Oh, how about that? Get excited, Perth. <laughs>
There'll be an eclipse. 13, 12, 55. <laughs> Toolkit Depot open line. Hey, you've been very quiet on the text line this morning. 0487736736. We hope you enjoyed our McCafe McDonald's coffee chat. But we'd like to get some feedback from you how your weekend went and the highs and lows of your weekend. In the meantime, let's do this. <laughs> Producer to the star, Chris Clefunas. <laughs> Good morning, Gus. Good morning, Scotty. Whatever, mate. Sri Lanka has made a disastrous start to their World Cup campaign. The former champions crashing to a 55-run loss against Namibia in Geelong. Namibia yeah, made yeah. seven for 163 from their 20 overs. Sri Lanka could only manage 108 in reply. Did you see You know how they've covered over our, our SEN markings because that's the International Cricket Council preparing for the World yes. Cup? They've got to cut all external... At Geelong, they covered over the Geelong Football Club on all bits where they were t- welcoming patrons and say what you could wear or where you could sit, but they taped over the top of Geelong Football Club, but nothing else. <clears throat> so anything that had any ownership, so the Geelong Football Club welcomes you to the ground yeah. on a tiny little napkin-sized poster, yeah. they've covered over, they've taped <laughs> over the Geelong Football, Football Club because they don't own the ground at the time down there at Cadinia Park. Right. It's going to the next level. That's it's ridiculous. going next level. Uh, elsewhere in cricket, the Perth Scorchers got their WBBL title defence off to a great start. They smashed the Sydney Thunder by nine wickets. Uh, Matty Green took an absolute oh. belter of a catch as well on the boundary. Unreal. I saw that catch. Very, Absolutely brilliant. Very nice. Uh, Australia, they recorded a second consecutive defeat in the Constellation Cup in netball. New Zealand won 52-48. to 48. Diamonds were in front at half time, but... Uh, got mate, beaten mate, pretty handily. They outscored him for three quarters and lost the game. Yeah. <laughs> they outscored him in three of the four quarters and lost the game. It was one bad quarter. I will say this to their defence, the Australians. Yes, go. A very young team, new look team, and not to be blown out of the water by an experienced New Zealand team. It's uh, we'll bodes okay. well for the future. Four point loss. Good. I've always like wanted that. to say that. Bodes well. Bodes well. Well, there you go. Now you've said Good it. Good word. And in the Premier League overnight, Liverpool beat Man City yeah. 1-0. A lovely uh, well, solo goal, really, oh, from solo. Mo Salah. Arsenal beat Leeds 1-0 in somewhat controversial yes. circumstances. Very. And Chelsea <laughs> beat Aston Villa 2-0. Uh, plenty of VAR drama. Plenty. Yeah. Game was delayed by like 20 minutes because they couldn't get the, uh, yeah. the cameras going and the communications with the referees going. Yeah, they had technical problems. And couldn't start. Jurgen, yeah. he got eliminated. He got sent out. Yeah. Jurgen Klopp. He wasn't happy. He got given the lemonade. Liverpool fans were throwing coins at Pep Guardiola. Yes. And, City. and he goes, it's Anfield. Yeah. Anfield. He, apparently he calls it, like, so Pep Guardiola, Man City goes, it's the Anfield. The if Anfield. you come to the Anfield, that, yeah, they reckon that Liverpool are judged differently. Bad day. At the Anfield. Yeah, yeah right. They had coins being thrown out in. I'd love that. People throw coins at me. Hey, <laughs> 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 I, I just pick it all up and have it on a quaddy. Yeah. So Arsenal still top of the table. Nice work by you. Thank you. Hey, Dan has texted in. Good on you. Morning, gents. Oh, no, hang on. Morning, Goss. Morning, gents and Scott. I'm just going to say uh, a huge no about Rossline at the Saints. Past experience or not, why go there again? Not a good vibe. I agree. Go back to the well. But, hey, what's the options? Have they got options? Well, they yeah, they did have. They had a coach in in, in place. Yeah, but... I see you jump. So you think they've made a good decision? Yeah, I, I'm not... I'm not I'm not against – it's harsh on, on Brett Ratton, but I, I'm just not convinced he was going to take them to the next level. I'm just not convinced. And if you're going to 
if you're going to reboot, yeah. you've got to do it at about now. Well, I tell you what, it's going to be. But I'm really not so sure it's going to be him. There's going to be some. There's. Oh, I reckon no, mate. some player turnover. Mate. Do you watch me? Yeah, oh, yeah. I agree with a player turnover. You know what it will be? Our Melbourne counterparts will be licking the boots and laughing and giggling and carrying on. Oh, Ross is, oh, isn't he great to have at a press conference? He's, oh, he's so funny. Oh, I love his little clips and little backhanders that he gives. Seriously. Hey, Stephen Milne's going to join us. We'll find out whether Stephen Milne thinks yeah, that uh, Ross Lyon is a good idea. Tim Gossip today, we're going to give it a miss today because we've got so much to get through. But Tim Gossip returns at this time tomorrow. It's 12 degrees, heading for top of 21. Scott Ian Goss, good morning. WA's Novated Leasing Specialist can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au Right around Western Australia on SEN. It's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. Coming up after 7 o'clock, Mike Hussey is going to talk about England's chances. He's part of the England coaching group, of course, ahead of the T20 World Cup start for them. It started yesterday in Geelong. Clayton Douglas, Andrew Hawkins. Clayton Douglas trained the winner of the Everest Giga Kick. Andrew Hawkins part-owned the winner of the Caulfield Cup in Durston. And David Michaluzzi, who won the WA PGA Championship in Kalgoorlie yesterday. You tipped will, that. I tipped that. And we'll be replaying that little comment a little bit later. It's a lot to jam in there. In the show. Well, we've got to be quick. But we've got Stephen Milne. It's 275 games with the Saints. All the speculation leads towards Ross Lyon resuming as coach of the Saints. One man who's been coached by him. And I'd be interested to know whether he thinks he's got an opinion, whether he'll be good at a second time around. Uh, and that is Stephen Milne. Milne, appreciate your time uh, coming on to talk about Ross Lyon. Uh, once again, thanks for joining us. What's your vibe? Good morning, boys. Um, exciting vibe, actually. Um, haven't spoke, put a couple of phone calls and messages, and he's been very quiet on the text. So, I think there's something brewing, which, um, yeah, it's very exciting, hopefully. So the no response, Milne, and good morning, mate. Uh, the no response That's is uh, that suggests to you that uh, there's something in this. I think, yeah, I th- there's something definitely bubbling, I think. Obviously, bad circumstances last week, and, you know, I do feel for rats, but I think they've kind of made a decision, you know, behind closed doors, um, and they wouldn't kind of, you know, sack Brett Ratten and go through a whole process of, four to six weeks um, of a new kind of assistant coach like your Uze, um, your Lenny Hayes, your Robert Harvey's. Um, and the, the kind of whisper is it's going to be announced in one or two weeks. If that's Ross or it's a James Heard. I just think there's something yeah, bubbling under the water, which is kind of a bit exciting for the club and um, to try and chase that second flag, which is kind of been, uh, yeah, left us standing which for a long time. A couple of years out of the game, uh, keeping an eye on it through a media lens for Ross Lyon, do you think he has the capabilities of adjusting his style, whether it be personal skills, coaching skills, the, the next generation, he has the capabilities of, of revitalising his coaching style? Oh, 100%. Once Ross puts his uh, mind into anything, it's 110%, and he will do anything in his power to make this club great again. Um, so I think if he's in, Ross is all in. It's no half-hearted. He will do everything he can, you know, working 16-hour days like he used to when I was coaching um, to, to do that and get the club right. So um, I think he's got that, obviously, mental capacity to just, I'm in, so let's get this job done and get the Saints where they need to be up at the top of the ladder again. So, and obviously... Louis a big fan of his, Joey's me. Obviously, uh, Brennan Goddard put his hand up to obviously help. So I think all the past players will be right around it. And just, yeah, so hopefully, 
hopefully there's a, a few phone calls being made today or this week, to um, if, if, even if he hasn't done that already. So it's uh, interesting times ahead. Who's driving this, Milne? Is this a past player-driven uh, type of coup? Because, it, you know, is, no. is, Andrew, is Tomo still on the board? I know Blakey is, Jason uh, Blake. I don't think so, yeah. Jason Blake just um, mentioned. But we did have dinner about six weeks ago and, it was a lot of strange chat, and it wasn't it wasn't a, a coup. It was just a dinner, and um, and, and he was out because he obviously got um, with the Essendon job, and his, his name gets brought up all the time. So I just think you know you retired forever, and he's kind of a a coach that loves coaching, and he's kind of been out for years. So just kind of a a phone call that he probably didn't even think would would ever happen. So it might have just you know tickled his feathers a little bit, and just gone all. <laughs> Can I, can, I, can I do this again? So I just, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't even know if there's been a phone call. So, but I think it's uh, bubbling around and um, they've got to make the call just to see if he's interested and in, which all the past players hope he is. And the fact he hasn't replied to your message to say, no, nah, no, nah, mate, it's not happening. Uh, yeah, it's yeah and that, just, that smells, doesn't it? Scotty, yeah. that smells. So it smells. It's, um, yeah, so it's going to be an interesting time and, um, yeah, they're trying to get greatness at the at the footy club, and it's been a tough kind of few years for the Saints. So um, you had to get to get Rossi back after kind of you know leaving to go to Frio ten years ago. Um, it'll be very very interesting times ahead. They don't have the list. He doesn't have the list that he had when he coached with the, the when you were on the list and Revolt and Goddard and Kaczynski and Hayes and it's not no, the same no, list. This is this is not going to happen in the next year or two? Or do you genuinely believe the Ross Lyon influence can turn this current group around? Yeah, Ross can turn anyone around. Um, yeah, obviously, his standards and the way he goes about it. Um, yeah, no, we haven't got the list and I was lucky enough to play with all them guys you kind of mentioned. Um, but it just, it just infirms belief in the playing playing style. And, um, yeah, it's, it's um, you get a bit goosebumps talking about it. So... Hopefully, hopefully he's got the call, but I yeah, definitely believe he could, you know, change his club in you know two to three years pretty quickly and get us back to where we belong. Well, great oh, stuff. Up and excited, yeah, Milne. I like, I like it, Milne. It. It's yeah. very good. Yeah, he's very passionate. <laughs> pull, the, pull the boots back on if I haven't put on fifteen <laughs> kilos. <laughs> oh well, it's going to be played out. It is certainly the uh, talking topic of football circles right now. Appreciate your time. Huge vote of confidence in Ross Lyon. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, boys. Have a good day. Uh, Stephen Milne, 275 games played under Ross Lyon, and there is Knows a big well. tick. Knows him well. Feels there's something going on there. Mm. The old boys got together six weeks ago and talked about it. Yeah. Mm. Oh, the big the big hitters. The, the influential past players. Milne, Rewalt, Goddard, Dal, Joey. They'll all be around. A break. We'll come back. We're going to talk to Bryce McGain because there were two games in the World T20 World Cup started yesterday down in Geelong. That's fair to say it was minnows, but it's underway. And there were a couple of upset results down there. We'll chat with Bryce McGain. Mike Hussey will join us. We'll talk to Clayton Douglas, the trainer of Giga Kick. We'll talk to Andrew Hawkins, who broke down and cried on social media. You have to see it to believe it after his horse, Durston, won the Caulfield Cup. And David Michaluzzi will be celebrating after winning the WAPGA in Kalgoorlie. All that and more still to come. Scotty. Last ball of the 19th over. Wiesa up into the air. There's a player coming around at mid-wicket on the fence. Is this it? Yes, it is! The catch is taken and history's made. Namibia with their greatest ever international cricket win. 
Sam Hargraves, and alongside him last night, or in fact, yesterday in Geelong, they did back-to-back games, did a great job on SEN, the T20 World Cup, starting in Geelong, was Bryce McGain, and he's been kind enough to join us to talk about those two games that took place yesterday. Bryce, appreciate your time. Namibia beating <laughs> Sri Lanka by 55 runs. Now, I watched your preview, mate, and you didn't tip this. <laughs> No, I did not tip this. You're right, Tim. Good morning to you too, Scotty. Look, great to be catching up with you two boys this morning. But it, it just shocked everyone. Um, it, it, not in the least the amazing crowd of Sri Lankans that were down there supporting. They had two groups of brass bands blasting away. <laughs> they were in absolute shock at the end of the end of the evening or the afternoon. It was um, just quite extraordinary. And Namibia, they just outplayed them. They played better cricket. They jumped on any mistake that Sri Lanka made and they made them pay all the way through. They were most impressive and uh, I know there's no household names in that Namibia team but I might leave you with a few today so when you you and the listeners catch up with a few mates you can blast off a couple of these names and say they're players to watch and and be right on top of the game. But Namibia, unbelievable yesterday. Uh, Certainly was. Now does that say a bit about how good Namibia were or where Sri Lankan cricket has fallen to? Well, it's interesting you say that because, you know, in all the preview I did, Sri Lanka last month won the Asia Cup. Now, that form line looks like a a maiden at Donald at the moment. It's ridiculous because they've knocked over all the the, the big Asian countries in the most recent tournament, so building up to this. So their form line looked really good. And it's a new-look team with a new coach. Chris Silverwood, the English coach, has taken over Sri Lanka, and they look to be primed and playing this new positive game but yesterday they just looked really really nervous and Namibia just played on that they were charging around in the field they bowled beautifully but importantly they batted first Namibia and they back end their their innings with some terrific power hitting they've got power hitting through their middle order the names of Frylink uh, Jan Frylink is a player to look out for the left arm hitter batter and also left arm bowler Weiser is another player, and also J.J. Smith. So through the middle order, those guys suddenly got them up to 163, and then suddenly Sri Lanka were thinking, well, hang on, we're all over them. We had this in complete control. We're probably going to chase a runner ball. Now we're chasing 160, and they, they went about it in a really nervous manner. It's a shame, Bryce, every time something like this happens, instead of us focusing on how good Namibia were, like you've, you've done beautifully there, we all, we'll all sit back and go, oh, gee, Sri Lanka, they're cooked, they're no good, they're, uh, they were horrible. We talk the negative instead of how good Namibia were. But where to for Sri Lanka now, mate? Do they bounce back from this? Have they got any chance at all of being a threat? Yeah, well, so they're in the Group A. So they're, they're in the, well, I suppose it's qualifying. It is the start of the World Cup. So they're in a group with the Netherlands, UAE and obviously Namibia, who knocked them off, and, and themselves. So they, they need to get to the top two of that group to progress into next week. So they'll be down in Geelong on Tuesday playing another game and then on Thursday as well. So they need to win their last two. Now, with a little bit of weather around, if there's a washout, it could be quite conceivable that Sri Lanka move their way out of the tournament without even getting to the, the, the busy part of it. So, look, it'll be quite a shock... Uh, for them um, and their supporters as well. But, look, to be fair to their supporters, right to the very end, the bands kept playing, even though it was an impossible (laughs) task at the end, the bands kept playing. It was nearly like a signal to Namibia, like a congratulations. Look, well done. We acknowledge a good performance. And, as I said, Namibia just outplayed them 
with better T20 cricket. Bryce McGain, SEN T20 World Cup commentator and expert, was in Geelong yesterday. And we're, we're pressed for time. Mike Hussey's online, Bryce. But I just wanted to ask you about the Netherlands. They escaped with a narrow win over UAE. They've, they almost blew it. Uh, UAE almost def- well, defended uh, very stoutly, 111. Relief for Ryan Campbell. Well, absolutely. It would have been hardy mouth stuff. They didn't hit a boundary after the eighth over. Think about that. And they knocked it off with one ball to spare. So they just tapped it round in the field. It was quite a remarkable game. But UAE nearly defended that tiny little total, which would have been a record in T20 World Cup. They weren't quite able to do it. But a lot to like out of both those teams and the way they went about it. A very good, even contest in the evening at Geelong. No, you've nailed it. There's two uh, games there that not too many people had an interest in, but uh, you've just made them interesting for us. So appreciate that. What's next? (laughs) Who's up next? Uh, Well, uh, there's a a Group B play today. They've got a group of four teams down in Hobart. So a Bloodstone doubleheader down there. That's a group of West Indies, Ireland, Scotland and uh, Zimbabwe. So it'll be interesting to see what they rock out today. But uh, West Indies shook through in that, but you never know. This ah, is a funny old competition. It certainly is, and we look forward to uh, it when the champion, real Bryce, big eh? one's coming. Thank Good on you, Brycey. Thanks for joining us. Bryce McGain, SENT20 World Cup commentator. You heard him with no ham Sam Hargraves yesterday down in Geelong. Wins to Namibia and the Netherlands. Don't forget the Perth Wildcats. They got beaten the other night, but they'll bounce back. If you want to go to a Wildcats oh. game, head to tickytech.com.au. Beware now. the wounded United. Clayton Douglas, Andrew Hawkins uh, racing a bit of that, and David Michaluzzi, who won the WA PGA in Kalgoorlie yesterday, and... I'm sure I thought I heard that mentioned last Wednesday. And Mike Hussey. Oh, mate, just... Mike Hussey. Yeah, the turncoat. He obviously didn't hear us last week. <laughs> <laughs> One past seven. WA's Novated Leasing Specialist can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au Right around Western Australia on SEN. It's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. Seven, and we are having a few technical problems out there today, but the boys are battling against the odds but doing a good job. So stay with us. We've got the next hour. We have got Mike Hussey about to join us, Clayton Douglas, who trained the winner of the Everest on the weekend. Six million dollars jumps into the kick. Andrew Hawkins, part owner of the Caulfield Cup, uh, Durston, who broke down and cried, but it was good to watch. Scared some people. And David Michaluzzi, who won the WAPGA up there in Kalgoorlie, his first Australian professional win. Let's talk World Cup cricket, as we did with Bryce McGain, Namibia and the Netherlands winning in Geelong. England are going to be one of the teams to beat. And we are we are gravely concerned with our next guest. His name is Mike. We, are. we had a chat with uh, his, <laughs> his more famous brother and clearly better bloke and more loyal last week. Uh, he hasn't. Don't uh, say that. You hang he up. He hasn't jumped ship. And Mike Hussey, good morning. <laughs> yeah, good morning, guys. And uh, yeah, Scotty, the sledging starts early. It's, oh, yeah. it's all good, mate. You know. <laughs> hey, yeah, it's, been, it's been good fun. Uh, uh, yeah. Matthew Mott, of course, involved in the, yep. the white ball yeah. and uh, the white ball cricket. Um, he just simply makes a phone call to you and says, "Hey, I'd like you to come on as the batting coach for the World T Twenty. How much thought goes into saying yes, considering your standing in Australian cricket? Oh yeah, a lot of thought goes into it for sure. But it's uh, it's also a, a great opportunity, um, you know, to to be around a, a new environment to see how another country goes about it. So certainly from a, a coaching perspective, it sort of helps me grow uh, as a coach and and learn learn a lot more. And to be able to work with some of the best T20 players in the world is a is a great opportunity. So 
there's, there's, there's a bigger picture, I guess, than just the Australia versus England rivalry and, and the loyalty to Australia. Of course, I'm always going to be a very proud Australian, but um, it, it's a great opportunity that uh, I'm really enjoying so far. They're a great bunch of guys and, uh, and, and have been fun to work with so far. No, I'm not buying it, Huss. It's all about coin, isn't it? It must be coin um, because there's no way in the world. And, and to say on air in front of people too, they're a great bunch of blokes as well. They've got you. They've turned you completely. <laughs> well, we're, we're trying to get them to talk more like Aussies. I think Ben Stokes keeps walking around the dressing room uh, talking like an Australian. So uh, we're, we're having a little bit of an impact there already. So uh, hopefully we can uh, keep them going in the right direction. So what's your, <laughs> what's your role? Batting coach. But what are you teaching these guys? So when you look at their resumes anyway, they're, they're a very solid group with some wonderful careers already, uh, have, have made out wonderful careers. What's your role? Uh, just to, Is it just keeping an eye on them? Do they come to you? How does it work? Yeah, it's, it's a good point that you make. They're, they're very experienced players, so you, you don't really have to intervene too much, really. It's just about trying to help them understand or realise what their best looks and feels like and, and, and keep trying to re, uh, repeat that as, as often as possible. Um, they've, they've all got a good understanding of their own games, and um, so I, I'm not looking to come in and change too much. It's more to work with them and, and help them sort of understand their best, really. Um, so, yeah, it's different. Some guys sort of don't really come... Uh, and, and talk much, and other guys, particularly probably more some of the younger guys, that they sort of are certainly coming and having a lot more sort of cricket chat. So, yeah, it, it's different for diff- different blokes, really. Um, some some need more, some need a lot less. Haas, uh, it's a solid group, Group A, isn't it? Australia, New Zealand, England, and then, of course, poor little Afghanistan, who, who we're going to struggle against. But that's a, uh, that's a strong group, and only two go through. Yeah, well... The- both groups are really strong, I reckon. And, and, and look, even Afghanistan, you, you can't underestimate them. They've got two of the best T20 bowlers in the world, Rashid Khan and Majib as well. So, you know, that, if, if you take any team lightly, that's one thing I've learned from watching the uh, Australian-England series just, just um, recently. That, that second game, England won by eight runs. And it's, it's, it was like Tim David drops a catch and it goes for six. That's sort of, uh, you know, four runs in England's favour. And then... And then Ben Stokes does the most amazing sort of dive over the boundary and flicks it back in and saves a six. So that's another four runs. There's the, there's the game right there. It can be t- tiny margins in T20 cricket. So you know, you just it's good in one way because, you know, it, it can go your way, but then it's scary in another way because those little things go against you and, and that's the game. So I think, I think that's one of the attributes about this England team that's sort of already come through is they're, they're very calm. And, so, and I think that's going to be important as the tournament wears on because there's going to be a lot of uh, pressure situations. And what about Moddy's role coming out of the Australian women's system where he was incredibly successful, in particular in that white ball where they had that unbeaten run, of course, and he sort of set the template for that. What's his role been and how much do you think from, and I know you've only lately joined the group, but he hasn't been there that long either. What's he done differently or what, what, what's the vibe inside the group that Moddy has brought to the group? He's a very relaxed character, um, and, and he certainly uh, gives gives a lot of ownership to the players. Um, you know, to you know, especially as I said, this this is a pretty experienced group. They know what they need to do to prepare, and and he sort of yeah lets them go about it in their way. But he, he's also a real honest guy and, and and quite pragmatic. And if he sees something that's sort of not quite up to scratch, or or that the team on, conversely doing very well, he's he's very level. You know, he, he doesn't seem to get too up or too down. He just he's just pretty sort of level all the way through. So. Again, I think that's going to be important throughout the tournament as well. There's going to be some highs and lows, no doubt. And I think having someone who's just a nice, consistent fella, um, you know, running the show will be will be uh, invaluable. Of course, tonight you've got a warm-up game. Your, your, your World Cup doesn't start till later, but you've got a warm-up game tonight uh, against Pakistan? 
Yeah, important game as well. Uh, you know, some of the guys uh, have come out of uh, a big match, a big series against Pakistan in Pakistan and, and in their conditions. So it's taken the group a little bit of time just to get used to the Australian conditions. So playing at the Gabba will be good. Um, again, a bit more pace, a bit more bounce. Um, the guys, you know, that the first game in Perth against Australia, it was, it was a great game. Um, uh, but but the players, they, they said it's a massive difference coming from Pakistan to playing you know, in those faster, bouncier pitches. So, so again, to get some experience there, uh, uh, we also play New Zealand here in, in an actual T20 World Cup game. So, again, the, the familiarity with those uh, conditions will be important. Haas, I'm looking at your squad here, and uh, I'm just, I want you to make a prediction for us. Tell us one name here that you think could have a, a serious breakout tournament. Oh, gosh, it's a hard one. They're, they're, all, they're all bloody good players. Um, I think someone like Mark Wood is, uh, is someone that Australians seem to have fallen in love with a little bit, unless you're a batsman 20 metres away, because he, he can bowl serious pace, about 150, 155 k's an hour. Um, you saw him sort of turn the game when Australia looked like winning in Perth um, in that first T20 uh, against Australia, and, and he came on and got picked up a couple of crucial wickets. So he's a great bundle of energy and, and a great character to have around the group. And, um, and if he gets his confidence up, I, I reckon he can have a big impact. No doubt about that. And if he stays oh, on his feet, cause I've never seen, never seen a bowler fall over more in my entire life. He bowls at a hundred miles an hour. He falls over I reckon three times, three times and over. He just ends up on the turf. Hey, good on you, mate. Appreciate it. Uh, we, we jestingly say that yes. you're a trader, but uh, well you done to England for getting you on board, mate. And uh, I know it's only short term. And uh, if not, we'll uh, just cut up your passport. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Thanks guys. Thanks, Scotty. Good on There he is, Mike Hussey, a batting coach for England, ahead of the T20 World Cup. Oh, Turn our attention. Sound right when you well, say we it. just, mate, that's what they do. <laughs> you got to earn a living. You got to earn a living. Yeah, I know. He's a great man, Mike Hussey. He we, certainly we is. We all know that. Hey, uh, just quickly as we go to a break, uh, congratulations to Hayden Schleuth, who took out, of course, the South Fremantle. Uh, fairest and best won the WAJWJ Hughes Medal on Friday night champion. for the fifth time, I think it was. Champion. Yep. The fifth time. That's yep. a South Fremantle champion. Goes to show how lack of depth they've got down there. Uh, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Joking. Yeah, Joking. South Fremantle fans. No, Nuffies. Out there. Him. Jesse Turner. Uh, he beat Aidan Clark at Swan Districts by 92 votes at Swan Districts. Tight one. It was a tie at West Perth. Of course it was. Uh, Mitchell Pearce and Shane Nelson shared the honours. Jai Bolton took out his third EB Cook medal at Claremont. Hamish Brayshaw won the FD Book Medal over Scotty Jones, the former Dockers Ruckman. Yep. Well done, Hammer. And other winners were Lloyd Meek at Peel, Corey Byrne at Perth, and Stefan Giro at Subiaco. A break. Subi have one. Why would they bother? Why would they bother handing out awards this year? Why? Well, because if you win the medal... Yeah, you win the medal, you're best and first. Yeah, but you get $10,000 in a paper bag as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, a break. It's 14 past seven machine. and a car. Uh, we'll get a break away and come back. We're talking racing next with two men who absolutely celebrated, and so they should. Scotty and Goss, we're chatting with Clayton Douglas, who trained Giga Kick to win the richest horse race in the world and a part owner of the winner of the Caulfield Cup. You're going to love our guests next. This is Scotty and Goss. Now, Eduardo and Nature Strip head and head up the rise and a thriller here on the Everest and Nature Strip given the cue by McDonald and the champ races to the lead by length of Eduardo. Privatised running on, then came over past Shades of Rose, Jackano and Giga Kick. Nature Strip a length in front. Privatised, Giga Kick 
Well, it was huge, wasn't it? Giga Kick absolutely storming home to win the richest thoroughbred horse race in the world. A couple of about about seven million dollars jumped in, uh, or six and a half million oh, dollars, help. Scotty. That'll help. It I mean, does. That's not a bad weekend. <laughs> and the man who puts the polish on it and has been on Media Street since, but he's handled himself so beautifully. His trainer Clayton Douglas. Clayton, congratulations, mate. You are you sick of talking about the weekend? <laughs> nah, I'm not sick of it just yet. Um, nah, it's um, unbelievable, and uh, it's just uh, it's been a great ride up until here. No doubt. Hey, I want to ask you about. Very ugly-looking pony that travels with Giga Kick, or Connor, as the stable mate is. Uh, you, of, uh, Giga Kick is known as Connor, after Connor McGregor, of course. Uh, but you've got Frankie, the little pony, who looks like he could do with a wash and a bit of a scrub <laughs> and a bit of a, a, hair, a clip. But gee, he looks like he's a, a big, big-time player in the Giga Kick story. Yeah, he's, he's a good boy. He, um, I actually gave him a wash on Friday, and he went straight back to his box and had a roll. So. <laughs> I think he, I think he likes to get a bit dirty, and um, no, he's a funny little bugger. He's, uh, he's been a good little asset to us. He, he's sort of, he's a travelling mate for a lot of my horses back at home, and um, no, he, he just loves to come for the ride. So, no, he's a good little horse, and um, yeah, he's, he's Connor's mate for sure. So he travels up to Sydney in the float with the horse, and, and just let our listeners know, who's not predominantly a racing audience, but. You, the pony travels as a calming agent almost and basically is a friend and a familiar face for the other horses to see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just more so, um, you know, horses on their own um, in general, they're obviously a herd animal. So um, just to have a, a company there and a mate alongside does keep them a lot calmer and they're just a lot more relaxed in the, in the travel and in the truck and yeah, Frank, Frankie's got his bay next, next to him and um, he just he goes about his business and keeps keeps Connor happy. So uh, that's the main thing. It's sort of like me with Goss, Clayton, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> he just likes me to be around to keep him calm. And yeah, that sort of you thing. could do with a wash and a haircut too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate, um, safe to say it's going to change the world just a smidge because uh, it wasn't that long ago, I'm talking a week, two weeks, that um, you were knocked back by security at Caulfield because you forgot your trainer's badge and they said, <laughs> I don't know who you are, mate, you're not coming in. Uh, safe, yeah. to say, safe to say you'll never need another badge again. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, it was quite funny. I I normally have it on me and I, I left it at home and I went through, went out the back and actually bought a sandwich at the in the public area and went to walk back through the mounting yard from the other end normally we just walk from the horse end so it's normally okay but I went to go back through where the public are through to the mounting yard and um yeah person in the gate said hey what are you doing I said I'm I've got a horse in they said yeah but where's your where's your ID I said oh I don't have it with me he goes well mate you don't look like a trainer so we'll, uh, he said how about how about you go to the race day office and speak to them and then come back so I had to go to the race day office and and uh, get it all approved, and then oh, I was right. <laughs> what about that runaway young fella? Runaway yeah. young fella. Yeah. <laughs> hey, 27-year-old jumps, former jumps jockey. Jockey, you're trying to combine the two. It didn't quite work out. You focus on racing. You win the Everest with Giga Kick. You're the toast of the racing world. Does it change you, Clayton? Will it change your profile, change maybe other people wanting to train their horses for them? How does this winning this race the biggest, most, the biggest race in regards to fi- uh, money uh, in Australia and in the world, um, going to change you and, and how you go about things. Um, yeah, look, um, it's obviously um, a big thing. A lot of um, a lot of the big owners 
you know, obviously I've got horses with the big trainers and um, I've been able to meet quite a lot since I've been up here in Sydney for the week and um, obviously just to get a, a bit of a relationship with, with these sort of people is a massive, massive thing for, for my career going forward and um, to be able to win a, a big race like that and just to put my name in lights, it's, um, it's yeah, it's a massive, massive achievement in, in itself and um, hopefully we're not done with yet. Mate, well, now you know the saying, you're only as good as your last runner, uh, so you're pretty bloody good, but uh, what's next? Yeah, look, he's pulled up really well. Really happy with him. He's, he's done really well since Saturday. He's eaten up and he's moving very nicely, so he's nice and bright, very good in the eye, so he's going to get on the truck tonight back to Sydney, uh, sorry, back to Melbourne, and uh, we'll be back, in, back at Mornington in the morning, and um, look, if all, all goes well, we'll be off to the Coolmore Saturday week. Ah, brilliant stuff. And uh, he, he's having a birthday on Wednesday. He turns three. He's still only two. He's still a two-year-old. Yeah. He turns three on Wednesday. What's his What's his uh, food of choice, mate? What are you going to spoil him with on Wednesday? Yeah, I'm going to go and buy him a carrot cake and <laughs> put three candles on it and teach him to blow it out, I'd say. So, um, no, nah, it's amazing to think he's, yeah, technically... Still a two-year-old and, you know, to be five from five and um, beat nature strip is a massive feat yeah. in itself. And, um, you know, be, be on the world stage as, as such and to be recognised as probably the most exciting sprinters in the country at this point, um, it's just unbelievable. And you still ride your, you're still riding most of your horses in work as well, mate. I mean, that's, uh, yeah. I mean, that's phenomenal. Have you, um, you know, how, how much work are you doing on the back of horses yeah, a lot. Yeah, obviously, um, you know, I tend, when I'm back home, I tend to ride between 8 and 10 in the morning and, um, yeah, all, all depending on what's going on. I still ride some jump outs as well for myself and, um, no, it's a good asset. It's a good good thing to be able to do and uh, I ride this horse track work every day and, yeah, gave him his lead-up gallop leading into the Everest and couldn't have been more happier. Wow. Mate, they're racing at Mornington today, eight races. I'm trying to scan the form guide to see if... Uh, You've got a horse in there. doesn't look like you have, so you've clearly forgotten about the grassroots maiden <laughs> racing and, and the home stuff. Just worry about yeah. all the big pickings, do you? <laughs> no, no. Mornington's a good track for me. I yeah. trained a winner there uh, last last week. A nice horse, too. He, he's won uh, two from four now, and he's, he could be an exciting horse for the team as well. So, um, no, team's going well. We trained a winner Friday night at Pakenham on the synthetic. Um, obviously, I was in Sydney at the time, but... Um, Staff did a really good job, had three runners, and we got a winner. So, no, nah, the winners are rolling through, and um, it's, it's a good time to be um, good time to be training winners this time of the year. Yeah, congratulations yeah. on Giga Kick taking out the Everest, mate. You are the toast of Australian racing, and we're, we're very honoured to have been able to get you to the phone for a few minutes today. Enjoy the celebrations. Hope the travel back is easy for you, and all the very best with Giga Kick the next time it steps out. Thank you very much, and thanks for having me on. Good on you. Clayton Douglas, trainer of the Everest winner, Giga Kick, a lovely young man, just 27 years of age. Unbelievable. And he is, Unbelievable. I think he's the most popular person in Australian racing right now. This is Scotty Ingalls. Knight's order as they straighten at the 300 metres from New Marion, non-conformist Smoke and Romans darting back to the inside and Gold Trip is now chiming in very strongly at the 200, Gold Trip up to New Marion Knight's order and then came Durston getting out, Gold Trip 100 metres to go just in front Durston is coming at Gold Trip and got up, 
Durston has got up to win it for Mickey D from Gold Trip Photos. Uh, absolutely brilliant call there by Matt Hill. And, yep, I was on Gold Trip. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, well done to Durston who got the money. And well done to our next guest. His name is Andrew Hawkins. He has a range of roles inside the racing industry, thoroughbred industry, media industry. But he's also a part owner of the Caulfield Cup winner, Durston. Going to say hello to him shortly. But he made news. He went viral because because he, he took it so well, and he was so calm, <laughs> and uh, was just really took it in his stride. He was watching the race in Sydney where he was working, so he wasn't even Caulfield. He was up at the Everest, and he was being filmed watching the race. <laughs> Have a listen to this. Come on, Mickey! Come on, Mickey! Get him out, Mickey! Come on, Mickey! No. Come on, Durston! At this stage, he's on one knee. Yeah. He's on the ground. He's proposing to no one. <laughs> there was a young couple standing by, and if he looked at him and went, This guy's weird. Yeah, they're just uh, slowly backing away, <laughs> weren't they? <laughs> Andrew Hawkins, congratulations, legend. That was absolutely brilliant. Well, as you say, completely calm and rational. What can I say? <laughs> when you look back at it, have you got any recollection of carrying on like that? <laughs> Uh, very vague. My, my biggest recollection, funnily enough, is because as you say, I was at Randwick and I'd, uh, in one of my roles that I was doing, I'd actually spoken to Clayton um, about two, three minutes before the, before the race um, because uh, that was the only chance I had to get Clayton post the Everest and, and about Giga Kick. And so uh, we'd been down there, we chatted to, to Clayton um, and then uh, Channel 7 uh, reporter over here was uh, was doing her interview, and I think I ruined that interview pretty badly with uh, <laughs> with the way that I was carrying on. But uh, you know, it was it was such a such a, an incredible moment, and and for for that horse who is uh, had quite the journey, that horse, and and so. To, to see him actually actually prevail, um, I'm sorry about Gold Trip, uh, but yeah, uh, no, it's look, all right. It was, no it was, it was an, an incredible moment for us, and and uh, you know, can't wait to see uh, what happens at Flemington in a couple of weeks. What were your genuine thoughts and expectations going into the race? Well, to be completely honest, we actually had 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 a chat with Chris on uh, Friday, uh, Chris Waller, about whether we scratch Durson and go to Geelong on Wednesday. Um, there was there was every expectation that Maximal, who was eventually scratched, would come out of the field, which would give Durson a start. Um, but we just didn't know how that track was was firming up uh, because obviously there'd been a lot of rain there in Melbourne uh, late last week, and uh, more rain than expected on Wednesday. Thursday was expected to be bad, and it was. Um, credit to the Melbourne Racing Club that it managed to get up to a soft six in the end. But uh, we just didn't know whether it would get out of that heavy range and if it did, whether it would, how it would race. And so, so we genuinely uh, thought on Friday night we were probably going to scratch regardless. And then Saturday morning came around, Chris made the decision. Um, the first known is great. They, they trust Chris's judgment. And the judgment was, look, why not run? Um, hopefully we can run fourth, fifth, sixth. And, and hopefully it's that flashing light run that, that comes out of the Caulfield Cup every year, looking towards the Melbourne Cup. Um, and, and to be frank, when, when uh, Mickey Dees pulls him over, over heels, I was thinking that was still going to be the case. And, and when I started screaming there, I think I was getting excited just about the fact that, that he was that, that flashing light run that you look for every year. Um, and 
then it just kept getting better and better and, and <laughs> obviously culminated with that, that last sort of couple of stride win. Yeah, brilliant. Andrew Hawkins, our guest, part owner of the Caulfield Cup winner, Durston, and you've got a, a number of roles. Just in a snapshot, I know you've got lots of things to cover off. What are the role, your roles inside the racing media thoroughbred industry, just for, for our listeners? Yes, yeah, so quick snapshot. Um, I, I run my own business over here and, and I have a number of different clients. So um, basically four pillars to it, content, research, consulting, and also um, uh, sort of race planning um, as well with some stables. So I uh, do a few different things. Um, I've, ha- I've had a number of different roles, uh, both here in, in Australia and abroad. Um, it's actually quite funny because, uh, again, I, I, my dream's always been to, to get into sort of broadcast and to, to go down that route and, um, that actually stems from stems from you, Tim. I remember the '97 Cup, which was the first cup I really got into, and it was him uh, uh, there in the betting ring, um, and he's there talking about an Australian media mogul um, uh, having having large bets on on Martin Power and the money just rolling in for Martin Power and. Uh, I, I think I had my fifty cents each way on Martin Power, which uh, <laughs> I, think now, I think it was. I think it was. I think it was. Uh, yeah, three bucks. <laughs> it's Kerry no, Packer, it's- and the story goes that I didn't name him, and then I got called over to the bookmaker because in those days they were ringing in their bets, yeah. and I got called over to the bookie that he was ringing and got told to name him in my next cross. He said, <laughs> "Grow some balls, mate. You can mention my name." It was the most terrifying time of my <laughs> of my life. I remember it vividly for, as, a, as a viewer, and uh, I, I've, you know, ever since then, I just, that, that thrill, that excitement, I've always wanted to get into racing media. Um, ever since that moment, so so you know, Tim, you've had a, you've had a very important uh, important role in my life, oh, and no. as I say, twenty five years later, yeah. we're now we're now here. I've, I've uh, had a very successful media career. I've been over overseas here in in, in Australia in, in many different facets, and now a Caulfield Cup winning owner. It's just uh, it doesn't get much better than that. It doesn't now. Good to wow. see one of us has kicked on since uh, nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, then anyway, yeah. no, you're an inspiration, Goss. <laughs> I, I can't believe this. I can't believe this, Andrew. I was really happy for you before, and now you've sort of lost a bit of shine for mine. But anyway, uh, where to? Where to for the horse now, mate? Is it? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, cup bound. Yeah, he's cup bound. Um, yeah, I thought that might be the case, Scott. He's going to be break. Um, look, yeah, he's heading to the heading to the Melbourne Cup. Uh, uh, I spoke to Chris afterwards. Chris was also obviously in Sydney because he uh, had nature strip, and so so. Yeah, got him afterwards. As uh, I'm sure most people are aware, Chris is a, a pretty reserved character. Look, he does let his emotions show, but uh, to, to me, the the fact that uh, or the, the 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 evidence that it was so important to him that Corfield Cup win was that he gave me two hugs, and I've never expected <laughs> before. So he was he was emotional, and and he said uh, when I asked about the Melbourne Cup, he said uh, bloody oath. Sorry, All right. Well, what about what about for you though, Andrew? What yes. about for you? I mean, you 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 won a Caulfield Cup while away in Sydney. Are you going to I continue know. that, or are you going to you know mess with form and mess with karma and go to Melbourne and watch? Well, look, I would probably normally stay away, but thankfully I've got some work that I need to do down uh, during Melbourne Cup Carnival, so I'm down from next weekend in Melbourne, which will be good. Uh, I get to be there for the lead-up. Uh, look, I would normally be superstitious, but thankfully I was there when he won the Wyong Cup. I was there when he won the Newcastle Cup, so hopefully uh, I might just be that little bit of uh, extra luck that might help him overcome a penalty that he'll get uh, today or tomorrow. Mate, it is one of the great stories. Uh, it's gone viral, your reaction, and it, <laughs> and it shows what it means. I mean, you're in the racing industry, and to see that 
you know, you were you know, three, a couple of thousand kilometres away up there in Sydney, but you were watching it on the telly. It was captured brilliantly. Your emotion was fantastic. And I know you've drunk out of the Caulfield Cup since, so uh, that's a, a wonderful achievement. Enjoy the build-up to the Melbourne Cup, and thank you for taking time out, and, and thank you for providing us with one of the great moments of the weekend. It was great. It was fun to watch. Thanks so much, Tim. Scotty, cheers. Andrew Hawkins, part owner of the Caulfield Cup winner, Durston. And, well, it's just another one I've helped in there. Oh, I can't <laughs> believe what I just heard. I can't believe it. Scotty anyway. and Goss for breakfast. WA's Novated Leasing Specialist can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au Right around Western Australia on SEN. It's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. So far, 17 away from eight. Just confirming the news, uh, Mitch Wallace has been delisted by the Bulldogs after 160-odd games. There's a Shield game starting shortly over there in Victoria, WA in Victoria. WA has won the toss and a batting first. Whiteman is captain. Bancroft, Wiley, Cartwright, Philippi, Hardy, Short, Paris, Richardson, Roccicelli, uh, Roccicelli, sorry, and Morris just started. Bangers is on one. Hey. <laughs> Off the mark, skipper. <laughs> nice work. Hey, the weekend turned our attention to golf up there in Kalgoorlie, the $250,000 WAPGA. Yeah. And may I just cast your mind back? Oh, to what? To last Wednesday when we were interviewing young Hayden Barron, the yep. WA Pro. Beauty Hayden. And we were previewing the big event. And you pretty much poo-pooed him. And, and said he can't someone win. someone else will win. I'm going to tip this bloke. I'm going to make a prediction to our listeners, and I do like to go Stradamus when it comes to golf. I do love my golf watching. Don't uh, you moz him. David Michaluzzi is going to be hard to beat. Uh, played in the Alfred Dunhill and picked up 55 large for uh, finishing in a tie in the top 40. Can play. It's going to be hard to beat up there in Kalgoorlie this Anyway, week. he was three shots down with a handful of holes to go. I was watching it, and I thought, now it's time to put the foot on the throat, uh, Mika. And he did. And he joins Mika. us right now. And I'm going with a nickname right now. <laughs> hey, congratulations, mate. Fantastic. And, hey, a lot of people jumped off you, but I was I was leading the charge. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Uh, well done, mate. That was fantastic to watch up there in Kalgoorlie. And um, first event for the year, you came off that Alfred Dunhill, which was a wonderful performance for you. Um, and, it's a, mate, that really does kickstart the season for you now. Oh, definitely. Uh, you, you can't win them all if you don't win the first one. So, um, yeah, it's just a, a perfect start to the season. And, yeah, what a day yesterday was. It was uh, mixed emotions, obviously a lot of a lot of bogeys on the card, but also a lot of birdies. And uh, just happy to do it, like, do it on the back nine. I didn't really know what the score was. I knew through, I think it was through nine, there was a lot of people at around about 13 under. And um, I think I was... I was thirteen under, and then I dropped a couple. Then I dropped a couple. Mm. So yeah, I think I was three back, and yeah. So I was on the last. I was actually thinking I was either square or one behind, just judging by what the scores were uh, eight holes previously. So it kind of got me focused a little bit more. And I think if I had a two shot lead, I'd I'd try and feather it down there rather than actually commit to a swing. So I was actually kind of glad I didn't know the score. 
Oh, that's pretty uh, hey, hey, interesting. You say that, David, because I was watching the coverage, and obviously they're uh, they're reporting from Melbourne. There was a delay on the scores coming through, and there was mass confusion for the last four or five holes. Who was leading? Who was two shots up? Where Felton was? Where Ferguson was? Where were you? And there was a shot that you yeah. played into, I think, fourteen, and you, and they said, "Oh, look, he's really disappointed," but they'd been commentating the previous three or four groups through and they'd all gone over the back and they were having sixes and sevens and and you actually they said oh that is the best shot and they said you looked really upset with yourself you walked up you had your shoulders slumped you looked like the whole world was against you and they were actually saying the exact opposite that you'd actually played the whole brilliantly from that point onwards you put the foot on the throat and you went away and won it so uh, it's amazing how you're <laughs> sending that message out on the course that your messaging and our messaging as viewers were two different things yeah, so 14 was weird because me and Jared kind of hit similar drivers, but mine kind of went with the wind and his kind of went against the wind. Um, and where Jared's finished, like, it must have hit the tree, but I must have either gone under it or around it. And it got the biggest bounce because, like, I haven't been that far up there. Well, the tees were up, but I haven't been that, I haven't been that far up there all week. <laughs> and that pin, I knew you couldn't go left. Um, but me just being being the competitor I am, I just I hit a rank shot. <laughs> but it was it was the shot. It was the shot to. It was the right shot. Like if like if I tried to go for the pin and try to draw it again, draw it against the wind, and I overhooked it and it's gone long left. Well, I wouldn't be here talking to you right now. So um, yeah, just yeah, a bit, like I was I was pretty I was. I was pretty pissed at that shot, but at the same time, like, especially where, where it finished, it finished like on the top tier and with the wind gusting, it was kind of a hard putt. Like I only hit the, it was like a 40 foot and I hit it to six feet. So it wasn't exactly the easiest putt as well. So, um, but I hold, but I hold the next one. Uh, but yeah, the next, the next four holes were some of the best golf I've ever played. I reckon, even though I had the three putt on 17, um, yeah, it was just the with the winds and all that, so hard with those three, four-footers just to hit them at the right speed and the right line. So, yeah, other than that, I hold, I hold some other putts from about 10 feet, so I'm happy with that. It, it, the thing that you'd probably be the proudest of, Dave, is the fact that it was such a seesawing final round for you. As you said there, you had your back-to-back bogeys on 11 and 12. But to be able to fight back mentally – uh, to then go and birdie the next three or four. Is that the thing that you're most yeah. proud of, being able to turn it around mid-round? Yeah. Well, it's, it's something I've been working on quite a bit is being patient and, like, knowing that, like, I'm not going to lie, I'm playing my best golf of my life right now and it's slowly getting better. So, like, the start of, the, the start of last season in uh, January, I just found something in in the swing and it's just worked and I've throughout my amateur career and all that, I've always gone on really big highs, really big lows, really big highs, really big lows. Uh, but now it's just like, it's just a steady high and it, it feels like, it feels like I can, I feel like I can get so much better even from last week's event. Like I can, I can, every player can pick out bad things that they did in rounds, but like yesterday, I missed three putts inside four feet. I made two bogeys on par fives from green sides and being around there for two. So like there's a lot there's a lot of stuff 
I need to work on. But I'm just I'm just stoked. I'm just stoked with the victory. I haven't I haven't won any tournament in five almost five years. So yeah, it's been been a long time coming, mate. Well done. I was just going to ask you, you now. Most of the guys, I mean, Jared Felton had a caddy, and a few do, but you pulled your own bag yeah. there because of whatever reason, your know, finances, and you know you can do that yourself. Can I just ask you when yep. you're on your own? And you play a bad mm-hmm. shot, and you can't go to a caddy and and debrief or vent or do whatever, and you have to internalise almost your frustrations. Can that be a good thing? Did you find that was helpful yesterday? Yeah, because I play a lot. I play a lot of golf back home just socially, and obviously I don't have a caddy when I play social golf. But like I like I go through highs and lows on on the golf course, even when I'm even when I'm practicing, like. I like I get quite competitive with with the boys back home and like it like be, uh, having not having anyone on my bag was almost probably a better thing than having a caddy. Yeah. Cuz like I like I so it was like when I bogeyed 11 and 12 like I'm like okay, I've done this before. I know it's not like a tournament, but like I've done this before. I know what I can do. And that's that's something that, that like like I can only think about in my head. I can't translate to a caddy. So yeah, it was it was a. I felt like it was it was better not having a caddy in that final round, which sounds completely ridiculous. But yeah, just yeah for, for some reason I think, and also because it was so windy as well. Like I could adapt over shots. So like if. If a shot didn't feel comfortable, I could, like, in my head, I can think about it quick and make quick adjustments rather than go back talk to the caddy. Because yeah. if I say to the caddy, "There's like this is the shot I'm going to play," and then I play the complete opposite shot because I know, like, this I'll get this closer, they'll be like, "What are you doing?" So like, <laughs> it, it was it was it was yeah it was kind it was kind of nice just just being on my own own bag and. Yeah, playing playing with all the emotions and yeah, it was, it was cool. It was good. It was good fun. Hey, WA Open next on the card starting on Thursday uh, at the West yep. Australian Club. Have you played there very mm-hmm. much? And what are your thoughts? Obviously, the confidence is flying. But what's your thoughts for the WA Open? Oh, I actually haven't played there, so I'm Ooh. yeah. This, I'm too, I think I might go out there today. Yeah, get um, a caddy for that one, mate. Don't but... be pushing a bag around there. There's a lot of hills. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, obviously confidence is, is sky high. Um, I heard that the greens are going to be unbelievable um, from uh, Brett Rumford. So, yeah, just can't can't wait for the week to start and hopefully get another W. That'll be, that'll be great. He'll also be available to caddy. You'll be able to caddy for him. Just uh, and, and you're good. You're a good listener. I caddied for Michael Long when he won the Netherlands Masters. Yeah, well, there you go. You've got form and you've and you've oh, got you confidence. Go. You've got confidence in your golfer because you've tipped him to win the, the cow. I'm just a bag carrier. I can't read green, so don't ask me to do anything else. I'll just carry just a bag. Carry your bags, mate. Yeah. So he saves it. <laughs> no worries. Hey, well did, done, did mate. You, did you did you place a bet? Did you place a bet on it? Uh, for the last week? Well, no, we need to let us say it on here. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, oh, sometimes no, the life's no, less no, please, no, 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 please, mate, please, mate, please, mate. You, but, but let me in t- trouble at home, mate. Let, let me tell you, I'm just, I'm just, I just bought okay, another okay. car. I've just bought another car. Uh, <laughs> hey, well done, mate. Congratulations. Good to watch and um, fantastic. Enjoy, uh, of course, the, the Nexus WA Open, which starts on Thursday. I think pre-qualifying has already started out there today. So uh, all the very best to the golfers who are doing their thing. Thanks for joining us. Congratulations on your...
on your win up there in Kalgoorlie. Good pocket money. Enjoy the rest of your stay in WA. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, David Michaluzzi, the WA PGA Champions up there in Kalgoorlie and a bit of crystal balling going on. And yep. well, What do you think for the WA Open then? Yeah, he can't win. All right. <laughs> Right around Western Australia on SEN. It's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. Snap Fitness is on a mission to help you feel fantastic. My snap judgment is you will take an hour and a half to get to your car because you've got a bung leg. Snap Fitness is with you every step of the way. Snapfitness.com.au. Have a good day. Back tomorrow from 6.